hymn number uh, 330 to greet our visitors from various places. And let's all stand because it's going to be a long morning. 333 verses. somebody with her to come to the front bench. A translator with her. Yeah. Thank you. Once again, we're very thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning to witness the, the uh, burial of the old man. And uh, we have with us Elder Brother Willie Kurtz to have the message this morning. Please keep him in prayer as he gives the message from the Lord. Before we open God's word, let's turn to him in prayer. 
Our gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful that we're here this morning in this place. But we're more thankful, Lord, that you're here, that your spirit is here, and that your word is here. And we pray, Lord, as we read thy word, thou would expound to us the words of life, the words that each one of us need to hear. Thou knowest the ones that have gathered in this place this morning. Thou knowest the needs of each heart. And because thou knowest all things, we ask that thou would graciously supply as thou hast done so often in the past. Prepare our hearts to receive thy word. Prepare thy spirit to cause us to remember it, to hide it deep in our hearts and have thy spirit perform this work that you'd want us to do with all diligence and all sincerity that you could be praised, honored, and glorified because we bring much fruit. So with great expectation, dear Father, we sit at thy feet. Provide a blessing today, even to those that would have liked to have been here but could not for reasons known to you. And we pray it in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I'd like us to turn to the first account of a baptism in the New Testament, in the Matthew account, the third chapter. Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. This account is recorded three times in Scripture. In Matthew and in Mark and in Luke, some with more detail and some with a little less detail. But let us read together the Matthew account inspired by the Spirit, Matthew, the third chapter. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of, of the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John and his remnant, raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions round about Jordan, And were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say unto yourselves, We have Abraham to our to our Father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to rise up children unto Abraham. 
And now also the axe is lain upon the root of the trees, wherefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and is cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat unto the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh unto us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We've read the entire chapter. The Lord is worthy that we rise and give him praise and prayer. Oh, loving Father in heaven, what a sight it must have been to see what looked like a wild man clothed in camel's hair who ate locusts and wild honey who came in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to their fathers but one who felt so unworthy who said he must increase and I must decrease who felt so unworthy that he couldn't even loose the latchet of his sandals to see the Lamb of God approaching him And saying to his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. O Lord, two thousand years from hence we are here, believing every single word that we have read, that the Messiah had come, the sacrificial Lamb that was promised from the book of Genesis to Abraham, through the prophets and the Psalms, that he'd be born of a seed of a woman. And yet the heart of the woman, his mother, was pierced through because of what she saw. Seeing her son hang on a cross oozing out his lifeblood so that we could be here today. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for the cross of Calvary, for the sacrificial lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, who paid the great payment of sin 
the eternal payment for us. As we heard last night, that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. We thank thee, Father, for bringing us from far and near to hear the gospel message once again, to hear the life-giving truth, which is the power of God unto salvation, which is able to quicken our souls through the Holy Spirit. And we pray that as the word goes forth this morning, it would not fall upon deaf ears or hardened hearts, but that the ground may be tilled and ready to receive the word, engrafted word, in meekness mingled with faith. O Father in heaven, how can we ever thank thee for the grace, grace you have given to us, the great gift of salvation, which we can never repay. We thank thee for our friend Angelo and our friend Elise. They, in their early youth, have realized that there is only one way for salvation. That it is appointed for what man wants to die and then the judgment. And why would they want to live any other life but then to live a life for the Son of God, for the eternal God? Father, we cry out this morning for those that do not know Thee as Lord and Saviour, for those that are floundering in this world, for those that need healing for their souls. We pray for them. And we pray that your Holy Spirit, which is able to quicken every one of us, will touch their hearts and soften their hearts and speak to their hearts far greater than any human and mortal can. Father, we pray, especially now, for those that could not be here as well, and those that are here with us that are sick, that have been infect, affected with the infirmities of this flesh, we pray, Lord, we have heard this past week for Brother Paul Mueller, faithful brother that has served this, his congregation and your people throughout the years with his ministry of song as his body is racked with cancer, we pray that you'd be gracious to him. We pray that you would visit him and his family and be their comfort and strength. We pray for our own sister, Olga Ordog, as she's also been diagnosed with leukemia. We pray that you would touch her heart this day and that we would lift her up in hands of prayer and the prayers would ascend to your throne on high as a sweet smelling savour we pray for sister Vanessa Taba in Windsor for sister Sarah Yosich in Kitchener for sister Jennifer Ceres in Phoenix for sister Monica in our own congregation We pray, Lord, that you would visit them, be their comfort and strength. They may feel your healing hand, that they may know that 
all things work for the good to them that are called according to your purpose. Bless us now this day. Be with the, the aged, the elderly. Be with the hungry, the thirsty, the naked. and Help us to be the hands, the feet, and the mouth of Jesus while we live upon this earth. As the times grow evil, more evil, and more perilous, oh, how much we need a rock, an anchor, a saviour. And to this end we pray and invite thee, as we ask all of these things and give thee thanks in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. As I sat last evening and listened to the testimonies of these two young souls, of how God had worked and is working presently in their life, two statements were made, one from each one of them, that I did jot down and I did take note of. And it had to do with when they were asked some questions about, you know, what Would the Lord expect from them, or what could there be service to the Lord in the Lord's vineyard and so forth? And Elise said to bear good fruit. Emphasis was on the good, the good fruit. That's what we read about this morning. And then uh, Angelo was asked the same question. He was first, actually. And um, his reply was, I need to act like a brother. When the situation might get difficult, I have to act like a brother. And I thought, both very commendable statements. But how is that possible? In the condition that we live in today, as an unregenerative rated person, a person who doesn't love God, might believe in God, but has not yet allowed the Spirit of God to live in their life. The only way that one can bear good fruit, and the only way that a person can act like a brother, is when one comes face to face with the Trinity. We see this in this account. As Christ is being baptized, his father is making a very bold statement, important statement about his son, and then he's well pleased. And then we see the Holy Spirit descending, filling his life. That he has the power and the wherewithal to do with what the Father would require of him. And that's still the same today. That hasn't changed. Yes, we read accounts of many that came from Jerusalem, Galilee, Jordan, Many, many that came, as the brother described in his prayer, to hear a wild man, a prophet of God, a man who didn't look at all like 
many others in the day. But he had a message that was important to hear. Because God was silent for some 400 years. And now there was a prophet sent there to prepare the way for the message of Jesus Christ. And his statements were very clear. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So now repent immediately, he's saying. Right now. Not tomorrow. Not another week from now. For today, and still today, the kingdom of God is available to all of mankind. And to each one on an individual basis today. What else did he say? He said, confess your sins. It's not because God doesn't know those things. Because it's important to get those things behind you. To let go of those things that do not please God, that God not only displeases, but he hates. And we need to do the same. By making a confession of those, we're saying that we hate them, just like God hates them. And we want to forsake them. And we want to forget them. And God does forget them. He says he remembers them no more. That's the new person. Where God remembers none of the past. Despite the fact that we might remember some of it. And we might even be scarred by some of it. But God doesn't remember it. And he wants us not to remember it. But he wants us to remember the things that we can and will become because we've chosen him. And we want to repent, and we have repented, and now he becomes the reason why we're living. It says, bring fruits, meat for repentance, was also what John had in his preaching. Fruits for repentance. Willing to give up all, to forsake all, and to choose God. Some things that we might be pleased with in life, it might even make us happy, it might even bring us joy for a season. God says, forsake those things. And choose my way. The one that brings joy. The one that brings peace. The one that brings contentment to your life. To my life. And the world can see Jesus in us. Those are the fruits of repentance. Willing to forsake all. And willing to do what God wants us to do. 
with that submissive heart and mind. It's only possible by God's power and by God's grace. Only willingness can we bring to this picnic, nothing else. But John also made it very clear that his baptism was a baptism of repentance. Very important to understand. Because if we would look into the, I think it's the, uh, the Mark account, those that were being baptized, there were three different ones And there were some soldiers there and some publicans and some tax collectors. And they asked, what should we be doing? And what did John explain to them? He said, do the things that are right. Do the things that are hard for the human nature to do. When you have, then share. That's what he said to one group. And to the others, he said, be content with your wages. Do no violence. Don't think evil of anybody. I would call that the first mile. And that's what John was proclaiming. Because when Paul had an opportunity to script what repentance was, what conversion was. In one short verse, under the inspiration of the Spirit, he penned it as repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, in this account, was only announced at that baptism after many had already been baptized. So John was preaching the repentance towards God. The godly sorrow that a man and a woman comes into understanding when they see their sin the way God sees it and they want to forsake it and they want to choose God's way. And that's what he was proclaiming. And what's possible with man when he gave his instructions to those that were baptized to go forth and do those things that might be difficult on a human nature, human basis, but still possible. But then Christ, once he started his preaching, said, no, we're not going to go the first mile. We're going to go the second mile. And that's what God expects from you. But you can't do that unless you've got my spirit, the Holy Spirit living in your life. You can't do that once you're, until your heart and your mind has been transformed, until you see things the way God sees them. And then the second mile can be figured out. And when Christ preaches then that Love thy enemy. Bless them that curse you. And he continues with those things. Those are the impossible that 
the natural man cannot do, will never ever be able to do. The only way that's possible is when, as Angelo and Elise testified last night, their heart, their mind were transformed. They were given a new heart. And they've given now the Holy Spirit to live in their life, to instruct them, to guide them, to empower them, to do the impossible. From a very gracious God who makes all things possible. That's what's expected. That's when the fruits are good. Good fruits. And that's when we can act as a brother because by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples by the love you have one for another. That's what others see in you and me, brother and sister. The love we have for one another. And the love we have for those that are not loved. And that need love. And that want love. And those are the fruits that we need to bring every day. In how we act. And more importantly, how we react when we're put in tough situations knowingly and then maybe sometimes the time when it comes surprisingly when we're backed into a corner and we have to give an account and we're bold and courageous as the scripture says And the words come out of our mouth. And we haven't a clue how we said them other than the Spirit steps in because we don't know what to say. But the Spirit knows what to say and the Father orchestrates everything. That's a truly regenerated life. A life that has repentance, repented towards God, and now walks by faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. They didn't understand this when this account happened, but they could watch it unfold as they witnessed the Son of God being baptized. So he's asking us all to also be baptized. Baptized once. Because we understand what God expects of us. And we have truly encountered, had a face-to-face encounter with him. And we know 
that He's worked in our heart. He's transformed our mind. And He's placed us on the rock, His Son, Jesus Christ, from the miry clay, as it was said last night. An awful situation to be in. Clay that constantly moves. The harder we try, the more difficult it seems and the less progress we make. In fact, we don't make any progress. That's why the psalmist writes it that way. Situation that you don't want to be in too long. My friend, you might have heard God's call through the preaching of his word. You might have heard God's call when you read his word in the quietness of your home. You might have heard God's call through some, some, something that somebody said to you. But you know when God calls. It's unmistakable. Because you can't figure out how did that person or did the scriptures know that I needed to hear that at that very moment? Or that it was personally talking to me when that preacher was talking to an audience of a hundred or more. That's God's call. When you think, when you know that it's directed right to you. And now you can make progress because you know what God is expecting. And you've heard him and he's prepared to continue to commune with you and to speak with you and to give you the strength to forsake all to follow him. That's the miry clay situation again. You don't have the strength to take, take yourself out of that. A brother and sister can't help you to, to come out of that. They can just help you to recognize your situation and to help you call upon God who will make it possible for you to set your feet or him to allow you to set your feet on solid ground. Today we're here for a baptism service. And some would say this is just now a symbol of the transformation that has happened in your life. But I proclaim to you that baptism is way more than that. Yes, there is, has to be a transformation of one's life. But it's the dying of one's sinful nature, the recognizing that it's Christ's blood and only His blood that could cleanse my sin, and to have complete confidence and faith in that, and then, as it were, to have those sins 
of yours and mine hung on the cross. Never to be remembered. And know that out of those baptismal waters comes a new creature who now has victory over sin. Who doesn't want to remember those days but wants to remember the joy of the salvation of Jesus Christ in their life. As Christ was raised from the dead, so we're raised in newness of life as a child of the King. And God can say, in whom I am well pleased. And we're expected and waiting to hear him say that. When life is over and we pass over that, those shores to the heavenly shores, thou good and faithful servant, enter ye into thy rest. That's what we're expecting God to say to us as we live a life that's dedicated to him. And dedicated to him because we've given up everything we thought brought us enjoyment to gain everything that pleases God and more than satisfies our soul. Can you imagine that? Pleasing God and he says he's going to give you life more abundant. More than going to satisfy you. That's what he's prepared for those that choose his way. So out of the baptismal waters comes a new creature. Not a creature that will not be tempted. Not a creature that will not succumb possibly to sin. But a creature who has victory over sin. Who doesn't enjoy sin anymore. But enjoys the pleasures of God. And of his kingdom work. And of his ways and of his will, the things that please God. But it's only possible, as the Apostle Paul puts it, repentance towards God, faith in Jesus Christ. John the Baptist couldn't. Speak of that firsthand. He only knew that from what the Lord had revealed to him. But we understand and know that today because of what Christ did 2,000 years ago, three years after his baptism, when he shed his blood, and three days later rose again. And now, we have the opportunity to walk by faith. We don't need to ask God 
as these men did and asked the apostle, uh, the John the Baptist, what should we do? The Spirit is there every moment of every day telling you what to do, instructing you with what to do. All we need is to come with willing and wanting hearts. Wanting and willing to allow Jesus and the Spirit to have full reign of our lives. The world sees that. They recognize that. I'd like to read a few verses in Colossians that also summarizes a bit of this baptismal experience today, reaffirms what we were the Lord has been speaking, and it says in the second chapter of Colossians, As ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophies and vain deceits after the tradition of men, after the rudiment of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead." And you are being dead in your sins, and uncircumcised scission of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Reiterating what this baptismal experience is all about. Risen with him by faith in the operation of what God has done by raising his son from the dead so you can be raised in newness of life. And that you're dead to sin now. You don't want to walk in sin. You have no pleasure in sin. You hate sin the way God hates it. But the first verse is where today starts for Angelo and Elise. For as ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Rooted and built up in him. As that relationship with Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit has already started and has been developed in your life and continues to develop in your life and will until your last breath. And as your roots grow deeper and stronger and you be established in Him, as it says here. It's so very important. Because when that relationship is right and when that relationship is intimate, And when that relationship guides everything in your life, then all the other relationships that you will be developing or already have 
within your family, within your church family, within your community and your work and your school, those will come so much easier because the nucleus of all those other ones is your relationship with God and the depth and breadth of knowing Him and Him alone will allow you to live in complete harmony, at least with your mother and your family. Angela, with your family, your mother and your father and your two sisters, and your extended families, your church family. It'll be so much easier to do it because of the love of Jesus Christ that lives in your life. That you want to go out and you want to help and you want to go the extra mile and maybe even the third mile because of what God has done for you and what he's done for each one of us that call themselves Christian, that call themselves children of God, rooted and established in him, as ye have been taught, abounding in there in thanksgiving. Thankful for that relationship. And then when you go out, and there has to be other relationships established, in work and in school, some that will be tricky, some that will be difficult, some that will be unpleasant, but some that will be joyous when you find others that love the Lord. There are many of them out there. But only with our light shining will we be able and will they be able to see our love for the Father. But when we get into those difficult ones, He will be there. He will give guidance. He will give direction. He will give understanding so that we can do what pleases Him and not ourselves. So with great anticipation, we look forward now to a baptism of the old sinful nature and the rising again of two beautiful sons and daughters of Jesus Christ as they've given up self to gain what the Lord has in store for them today and for life eternal. Thank you, Brother Woolley, for the exposition on Matthew 3 and the meaning of baptism. The Lord Jesus, before he left this earth, he told his disciples to go meet him in a mountain in Galilee. And these were the words that he had given as a commission to them and that applies to us today. In Matthew chapter 28, 
Starting at verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And we also want to abide by that command of the Lord Jesus to baptize those that believe in his name. Angelo, is it still your desire to be baptized into the death of Christ? Elise, is it still your desire to be baptized into the death of Christ? May it be according to your faith. We would like to sing from hymn number 162, and we would like to ask as soon as we start singing that uh, Angelo and Elise go and prepare for baptism. 162, let's sing three verses.